Viva Los Angelitos! This is Fernando with Halos in the Infield. Do you love sunflower seeds as much as I do? Well, you can't say you do until you try Chinook Cedary. Chinook Cedary is truly the top dog in the industry. Here's why. They have so many delicious flavors to choose from. Jalapeno Ranch, Hatch Chili, Cinnamon Toast, Dill Pickle, and my personal favorite, Parmesan Pepper. If you need sunflower seeds when you play sports, or if you travel the country as much as I do and you need a quick and convenient snack on the go, Shunduk Cedary is truly for you. For easy ordering access, check out halosintheinfield.com. Click on the banner, and there you go. Just order the seeds. You can even order a variety pack sent straight to your house or any of those delicious flavors that I just mentioned sent straight to your house. Quick and convenient. Still don't believe me that Chinook Cedary is the best seed out there? Less salt, all the flavor, I promise. I've tried them all and I love them all. Signature roast, no sandpaper tongue. Gluten-free, no MSG ever. Chinook Cedary is truly the top dog in the market and we would know as the top dogs in the podcast universe. Have a great day, everybody. And remember, Chinook Cedary is great. Prendalo and viva los angelitos and viva Chinook Cedary. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, but a little bit different than what we normally talk about, but that's what's best about the offseason, like to mix it up a little bit. It's your host, Todd Fox, along with Fernando Mendez, and we are joined here by Brian Crosby, who's the creative director of Marble Themed Entertainment. Brian, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. This is, this is awesome. I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, so excited to be here, be here on talking to you guys. It's cool. I feel like we're old friends. But you don't know me at all. <laughs> it's funny. Every time I meet somebody who I whose podcast I listen to, I say the same thing. Like <laughs> yeah. Taylor Taylor Blake Ward, Steve Granado. When I finally met these people, I was like, "Dude, yeah. it feels like I'm talking to my friend. Like I'm sitting in their living room." Yeah, you, well, know? you become a part. You become a part of like the commute. You become a part of like uh, the workout routine or whatever. And you're like, mm-hmm. I, I hear you all the time. So uh, you guys do a great show. Oh, appreciate it, Brian. And we love the Thank background, by the way. That background is thick. Thank you. I got to be on brand. Got to be there on you brand. go. <laughs> real, so I don't want to put you too much on the spot on it. I'm sure you have a ton. It's like picking your favorite child, but favorite <laughs> Marvel character, you know, maybe before you got involved, like growing up, who was your favorite Marvel character? Okay. Like, right, right out of the gate, huh? All right. Yeah. yeah. Right out of the right, gate. Hit, hit me with the questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, growing up, I mean, uh, I, I was not super familiar with marvel outside of like what was on the cartoon so spider-man and his amazing friends was what i grew up on um so Iceman and firestar uh and spider-man obviously on that on that cartoon and then discovered the x-men when i was a little older in junior high discussed started reading comics and things like that um and now as an adult i i really have i kind of gravitate towards more of the kind of street level uh gritty characters are kind of more my speed so characters like moon knight and punisher and daredevil like that's really kind of in my in my wheelhouse so those are those are kind of my favorite guys right now really excited for the moon knight show so uh it's coming up if you haven't seen the trailer go check it out and that's not a plug that's just me being a fanboy because i think it's cool okay okay uh it's kind of a plug (laughs) (laughs) were were you a fan of the speaking of punisher were you a fan of the punisher movies or the actual series um, I, I kind of got more more into it with the series. I just thought John Bernthal's uh, portrayal of, the, of Frank Castle was so on point. Um, you know, the movies were were fine. Um, you know, they were they were fun, but uh, I think 
the the Netflix show really really hit it for me. I I agree with you. I just didn't like that John Travolta ending where the you know they're dragging through <laughs> with the everything uh, the fire with all That's the right. photos. Yeah, <laughs> a little much, but yeah, I get you. I get you. Is uh is working for Marvel like is it kind of like okay so, so let's think about the great rivalries in the world right you got. Yeah. You got a uh, Dick's Sports Authority that used to be a big rivalry. You know, you got Walmart and Target. So now you got Marvel and DC. So like, when you like drive past uh, Warner Brothers, do you like uh, aggressively like throw gang signs? Like, no, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man, it's all good. I think it's it's more of a friendly rivalry. I have I, I have uh, I have friends over at, at DC and Warner Brothers, and and they're good guys, and they they do great work too. So. Uh, you know, I grew up, I grew up watching Batman and uh, certainly, you know, love kind of what they're doing with, uh, with Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And, uh, you know, they're doing some really fun stuff. They got, they got fun stuff coming up too. So it's more, I think it's a healthy competition, right? I think when, uh, when they do good stuff, then it makes us want to do even more good stuff. So, uh, you know, and, and the the consumers and the fans are really the ones who win. So uh, yeah, no, 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 no anger between the two, at least not on my part. Well, I know I know you got friends with DC and everything you just said, but but like you got to admit though, Marvel movies are way better than DC. I mean, with the exception of Batman, I think you know, I think Marvel movies are more on point. Like they're more consistent, is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna challenge that. I I would, yeah, I would yeah. tend to agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Marvel movies are are hitting it out of the park, man. That Kevin Feige, his team at Marvel Studios, they are uh, they're just totally insane. Yeah, the only the only thing I'll say that DC does genuinely a good uh, job of is their animation. Uh, you know, their Batman movies, uh, even some of their su- uh, Superman. Mm. Uh, a lot of their comic book, um, you know, DC animated is really pretty pretty good. Um, it's it rivals Marvel. Uh, you know, Marvel does good too, but DC for whatever reason, if they could just use that writing for their movies, their live action, be a much better. I don't know. It's <laughs> one thing that's always bugged me, you know, like why can't they make movies like their animation? So I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's go. Get... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, I was about to bring us into, uh, you know, I, I guess why Brian's here. We'll let him kind of introduce the angels fan side of him. So yeah. Brian, what made you an angels fan? Why the angels? Yeah, sure. So, well, I, I live in Orange County for one. Um, you know, I live probably about 20 minutes from Angel Stadium. I uh, grew up uh, going to Angel Games. My, uh, my kind of come from a baseball family. My, my dad, uh, he played in the majors uh, in the 70s. He played with uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, Cincinnati Reds, Cleveland wow. Indians. <clears throat> and then was a scout uh, for the, uh, like the Orioles and the Indians and the A's throughout the eighties and nineties. And so me and my brothers, you know, grew up going to baseball games, uh, going on road trips with him. It was just, you know, baseball was a big part of our upbringing. And I always gravitated towards the angels, the home team, especially because uh, you know, 1986 is when I really got into it, you know, yeah. Wally Joyner, Wally world. That's what really uh, hit it for me. Um, and then we kind of went through that rough, rough string you know uh where it seems like almost nobody was an angel fan in southern california mm-hmm. uh, and i think that made me like them even more like i kind of wore it like a badge of honor yeah um but uh i was there yeah yeah exactly I was there all the way through um and uh yeah just always you know i played baseball through my youth and into high school and then my my brother uh you guys probably maybe have heard my brother bobby crosby he played for the oakland a's yeah, yeah. um he was uh he was the al rookie of the year in 2004 
Um, was he shortstop or second base? He was shortstop. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he's, he's the uh, manager of a double a Midland Rockhounds now. Okay. And, uh, and then my younger brother, Blake, uh, he's a scout with the Toronto Blue Jays. So baseball is kind of just all in the family, man. Nice. One quick question about your pops. Uh, did he win a title or get a ring when, cause St. Louis and was pretty good back then in Cincinnati too. During the 70s? Uh, so he was with Cincinnati only for just a short time. He came on during the playoffs. I forget the year. I think it was 73. Um, and uh, he, he only played with like like 30 games with the Cincinnati Reds, so just a short time. But he ended up getting a ring as a scout uh, mm-hmm. with the Baltimore Orioles in, uh, what was it, early 80s? I forget nice. the exact Okay. Or something like that. Yeah, I think when they beat the Brewers, right? Or, or, yeah, uh, yeah. So he's like he's got a he's got a nice nice World Series ring from that, which is pretty nice. cool. Okay. So then, what's your first like Angels memory you have? Like maybe at the stadium, or you know, watching was it while Chip Wally Joyner on TV? What is the first you know memory? Gosh, man, I. It's tough to say what my first memory is because I, I like I said it was such a big part of my big part of my upbringing. I almost don't really remember not being there except i guess if my if i had to pick one that really stood out it was it was being there at the uh, the infamous uh donnie moore game in 1986 oh yeah um, so i was i was there for that and i remember that that being really exciting everyone was ready to go run on the field and everything and then when it didn't happen that was a that was just a huge bummer and everything just kind of went downhill after that but um yeah so i remember being there that's so maybe that's probably my earliest memory of 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 kind of really being immersed in angel fandom. Um, but, you know, but the whole Wally world thing, everybody was, everybody was into that. I remember having my, my halo magazine with Wally Joyner uh, in front of the, the castle at Disneyland with all the, the Disney characters. And it was kind of like all these things that I loved about art and Disney and, and angels baseball it was like all kind of came together. And so, you know, uh, now in my, as I'm 44 years old now, uh, to do the, the things that I do where I still am bringing, you know, Marvel uh, and combining it with a lot of professional sports is a big part of my job. Um, and so getting to bring all those things together is, is a lot of fun. That's cool. I mean, like I remember about the 86 season two, I was six years old and I remember watching that series with my dad and he, it was weird. We were, we weren't at the game, but we were watching it on TV. And when Henderson hit that home run, he's like, we're losing the series. And like, he just, he said it and like, I'm, I didn't understand till later either the dynamics, you know, them. Cause a lot of people think that was the, you know, true baseball fans don't, the, the average fan doesn't realize they still had two more games. They could have won. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but they were so deflated, you know, yeah, going back they were done. They were done. Yeah. And they didn't have your boy Wally Joyner either. He had some weird staff infection right before yeah, that. That's series. right. That's right. So I think he might've made the difference in that series, to be honest. Yeah, you never know. Things happen. Exactly. So, I, what kind of like, I guess, off-topic, random questions? So, Angels and then New York Giants, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, it seems you've done some Instagram stalking. Uh, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. I know I do follow you on Instagram. That's cool. No, no. So we, yeah, the Giants is one of just many partnerships that we that we do. Um, and this has kind of become more of a recent thing for me in, in my career. Um, so just to back up, I, you know, for 10 years, I worked at Walt Disney Imagineering. I was a concept designer there, designing theme park attractions, you know, all over the world. And then in two, 2015, I came over to Marvel 
and and started heading up this new division, which was at the time was called Marvel Live Events. Um, and I we changed it to Marvel Themed Entertainment. And then probably like in the last last year or two, we've really you know started to ramp up what we've been doing in the sports space. Um, and and so you know we do Marvel themed nights at different different stadiums around the world. We we're currently in the middle of it. In fact, I should be working drawing right now, working on this big partnership with minor league baseball uh, called Marvel's Defenders of the Diamond. Um, we've done stuff with the ECHL. We've done stuff with Major League Baseball, obviously the NBA, uh, the NHL, um, and and the NFL. And so you know we haven't done a ton in the NFL, but we've done some really cool partnerships, and one of them was with the New York Giants most recently. And uh, we did, we did a, um, they're, they're collectively, their players are called the G-Men. Mm-hmm. And so we did a comic book uh, with some of their players in the comic book. It was a giveaway at the game. Uh, and then uh, I designed a helmet uh, f- that was a, gi- a gift to the, to the coach. And it was kind of a Marvel themed uh, New York Giants helmet. We gave that to them. And then, uh, I had a lot of fun getting to teach Blake Martinez, their linebacker, uh, how to draw Iron Man. So we did kind of a, uh, a virtual how to draw, uh, which is something that I've kind of been doing since kind of since COVID hit is these uh, these live Marvel draws. Um, it's called it's called Marvel Draw and it's on uh, the Marvel HQ YouTube channel. They're really kind of geared towards beginning artists and and kids to teach them the basics of drawing some of the Marvel characters. So you can learn how to draw Spider-Man or Iron Man or whoever. Um, and so I taught Blake Martinez and the host uh, how to draw Iron Man. And so that was, it's on YouTube. You can look it up. It's, it's kind of a fun little thing that we did. And, and, and the Giants were, were great partners. So I had a lot of fun working with them. Well, that's nice. Uh, who is, who's your favorite uh, sports star that you've been able to work with? If you could pick one. Um, I mean, I haven't worked with a ton directly. You know, I've, I've been designing a lot of stuff, but Blake is the is the only fact. No, I think yeah, I think he's the only one that I've actually met. Well, I take that back. Gosh, what what am I thinking? We did a partnership last year with the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. Uh, and uh, and Wade Miley. So I don't know if you saw this, but Wade Miley, uh, he threw a no hitter. Yeah. And and so I'm watching the highlights, and he has an incredible Hulk. Uh, tattoo on his forearm and i saw i saw this clip on the highlights i took a picture i sent it to my business partner and i'm like hey i don't know what wade miley's deal is with the hulk but but like we got to do something with him and so we called up the reds we actually had a a great relationship already with the cincinnati reds and you know being that my father had had played with the reds as well I said, whatever we do, I want to be involved. I want to, I want to, I'm going to handle this one personally. And so we decided to create a commemorative poster to honor his, his, his no hitter. And so I drew that. You can look it up on, on my YouTube or excuse me, my, uh, my Instagram and, and it's Wade Miley with the Hulk and it kind of looks like a comic book cover. And then we gave that away um, at, at Marvel superhero day um, uh, in Cincinnati and they flew my dad and I uh, out there. I was there with actually my my wife and my my uh, oldest son as well. And and so we were all there in Cincinnati. Uh, I got to throw out the first pitch. It was wow. pretty cool. And throw it to my to my son. And uh, then we did a signing in the Reds Hall of Fame, uh, just me and my dad. 
Um, and uh, they gave us Cincinnati Reds jerseys and they both had the number 17 on the back, which is my dad's number when he played there. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I, and I got to meet Wade Miley, of course, and his, yeah, yeah. his son, who's a massive Marvel fan. And <laughs> he had, he had tattoos all over his arms and we had the incredible Hulk there. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, Blake's great. I, I didn't get to meet Blake in, from the giants. I didn't get to meet him in person, but great guy virtually, but uh, getting to meet Wade Miley in person and and to do that with the with the hulk and everything that was a really really special day dude what a day that's freaking it was unbelievable it was like a dream come true and you know it was one of those like pinch me days where i can't believe (laughs) i get to do this kind of stuff and i'm here with my dad um in the reds hall of fame you know and never did i think in a million years that my 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 nerdy career would at some point cross paths with my dad's career from the you know the 70s yeah, and you brought three generations there. I mean, that's, yeah. that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was pretty cool. Weird how life works out, huh? It's kind of like uh, you know, imagine it would fill up for your dad. Oh, yeah. he was thrilled. Honestly, I, 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 it's it's one of the happiest I've ever seen my dad. It was it was oh, really fun. That's cool. So cool. Yeah. See, that I, that's it would have been really cool. That's killer memories right there. Absolutely, absolutely. So I guess uh, I have some like fun angels related marvel questions okay all right hit me <laughs> so tatalio tavon is the collector right yeah. so would you consider artie moreno the tavon of baseball except he collects bad contracts <laughs> Ooh, wow shots fired shots fired <laughs> hey we tell uh, it like it is on this state on this side. <laughs> i know that about you guys i know that uh i don't know we'll see uh it's uh <laughs> So far, I, I I might agree with you, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's or that's funny. Like Carlos Correa, it's like a ten-year contract. We'll bring you back on for you to say yes officially. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, if that happens, <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, ten years, four hundred million dollars. What do you guys say? Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that sounds about in the wheelhouse of Artie Moreno. Yeah, just just give me another Josh Hamilton, and that's a definite yes. <laughs> Yeah, right. I made that meme of like uh, the couple like trying to put the bed, the mattress inside of the small sedan. Like that's totally Artie Moreno. Like, how are we gonna <laughs> fit Carlos Correa with this cap space we have? And then, and then the moniker is always, but can he pitch? Every if you guys can pitch, we'll take you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, right. Iron Man, can you pitch? <laughs> Okay, so obviously, like, uh, I'm only going to ask for, like, you know, the the main ones. So recast the Avengers using Angels players. Go. All right, let's see. (laughs) Don't Uh, don't tell you haven't thought about this. All right, just give me a second. I think Captain America, let's go, let's go Trouty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike Trout, Captain America. Uh, Iron Man. Uh, Let's see. Iron Man. Let's go. Let's go. Walsh. Solid. Solid hair. Okay. Solid hair game. Okay. Some facial I, hair. I yeah, mean, yeah. no, no. Let me take them. Well, yeah. Let me think about that one. I might come back on that one. Uh, Thor. We can skip. Yeah, Thor. yeah. <laughs> we already know. Okay. Hey, you like, know what? You imagine, like, hey, Noah Syndergaard, you're not Thor. <laughs> Actually, uh, Noah Syndergaard, you're Black Widow. Yeah, okay. so, so Black Widow, I'm gonna go with uh, with Fletch. It's kind of okay. sneaky. Okay. Sneaky. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see, Hulk. Uh, uh, no, no, I take it back. Tony Stark is. Uh, uh, 
Oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank? Help me out. Third baseman. Rendon. Rendon. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Stark is Rendon. He's got some some swagger. He's got some cash. He's got the goatee. Yeah. 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 Anthony Rendon is our is our Tony Stark. Uh let's see. I guess Hulk is Hulk. Hulk might have been pool holes. Like, you know, but yeah, yeah, that's that's an obvious, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um I think well now I think Hulk, let's go, let's go Shohei for Hulk. Oh yeah, he's he's buff now. He's yeah, he's pretty sure. big. You know, he's what six six three, six four. Yeah. Um you know, he turns out. Um, you know, and he's a beast. He's a beast on the field. That's so true. We'll, we'll go Shohei for the Hulk. Um let's see, who else we got? How many guys do you want to do here? How many Avengers do you want to do you want to hit? <laughs> But that's it for the main ones, right? If we're talking like the the OG, the OG, the OG six, you know, yeah. I, I don't think we got Hawkeye. I think we need a Hawkeye. Okay, uh, go ahead. You had an idea for Hawkeye? No, I was thinking of one right now. I, I was thinking maybe uh, Marsh, but mm, no, I don't think he would fit Hawkeye. Yeah. Hmm. I know. Let's let's go Iglesias. Right okay. side, Iglesias okay. is Hawkeye. All right. Yeah. That that makes sense because he could target that fastball. Yeah, and I'm gonna throw in a wild card. I'm gonna throw in a Joe Adele as Black Panther. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Nice. There we go. There we go. Definitely. How's that? No, no. One other thing though about you doing that partnership with Miley, man. It's it just seems that with how you did that with him, it seems like it's got to be a no brainer with uh, Noah and sitting card <laughs> Thor, dude. Like like somehow you got to like draw him up and stuff and. Sell the same kind of thing. I mean, are we going to see you pitching at Angel Stadium too? It, 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 it has not escaped me that there is a guy named Thor on the Angels right now. I'm it well seems, aware. It seems like it's perfect for you, bro. Just like <laughs> I'm, I'm well, well aware. Yeah. yeah. All right. That so would we'll, be fun. We'll, uh, we'll reach out to some of the players, see if we can get some, something worked out. Mike there Trout, you do you know how to draw any of the Marvel characters? So I did. Yeah, for sure. I love that idea. And uh, actually, I have drawn Mike Trout. Um, I saw that. I, I yeah. saw. Uh, was it for Tops? Yeah, it was Tops. It was for the uh, the digital baseball card app, uh, Bunt. And okay. it was, uh, yeah, we, we heroized, you know, Marvelized, heroized, however you want to call it. We, we did uh, six different players. And uh, that was kind of when I really started getting into the sports stuff uh, at Marvel. And I remember them sending me a list of players that we were going to do. Uh, they're like, hey, we're going to heroize these six guys for a tops project. And I saw Trouty on the list. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know what artists you've contacted already, but I want that one. I want to do Trout. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I got to got to do Trout. And uh, I kind of through through my brother. Uh, got to know Taylor Cole a little bit um, when he oh, was yeah. with the Angels. And as far as I know. Taylor sent that over to Mike. So I, I believe Mike has seen it, uh, but I, I have not received any personal thank yous or anything like that. So uh, just waiting for that call, Mike. Just wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see if we could contact, have our people to contact his. Thank you. We'll I see. appreciate that. We have people now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got people. All right. By the, by the way, that reminds me of something. You, got, um, you guys, that's not your drawings for Fox NFL, like, because I don't know if you've seen some of their comic book stuff that they do when guys score touchdowns or yeah no that's not that's not us that's not it's not Marvel not my art oh but, okay. but yeah I have seen those those are cool 
Yeah, I was thinking that might have been up your guys' alley. I wasn't sure though. We did do um, we did something similar with the NBA uh, last season. We did a game uh, between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Golden State Warriors. It was called uh, Marvel's Arena of Heroes, hmm. and we did a kind of a kind of, maybe you've seen kind of what Nickelodeon has been doing with the NFL. It was kind of in that spirit. Um, so the ESPN two did the arena of heroes broadcast and on ESPN was the regular broadcast. So our arena of heroes was this big Marvel overlay. So when Steph Curry goes up and shoots a three, it had like a trail you know, oh, a fire cool. or whatever and would explode and do a thing <laughs> when it hit the, when it hit the rim. And um, it, we kind of played it out like a, like a fantasy game. Mm. So each of the Avengers had selected a player and they were earned points based on something they did throughout the game. Um, and uh, so even though it was kind of a blowout, for the Warriors, the fantasy element of it kept the game really tight and was really fun to watch. And, and Draymond Green actually ended up being the winner uh, of the whole thing. And he was endorsed by Dr. Strange in that game. So that was oh, really nice. fun. So it was a partnership between us at Marvel and, uh, and ESPN. So all part of the under the Disney umbrella uh, and working with the folks at ESPN was just a blast. Those guys are awesome. That's pretty cool. I didn't get to watch it, but I definitely remember seeing the ads for it. Mm-hmm. Is that something that like you guys might do in the future? Man, I hope so. I mean, no, no plans right now, but uh, that was a lot of fun. I'd be game to do it again. I would okay. think they would go that route because I think the Nickelodeon wasn't yeah. it wasn't an idea that caught everybody uh, at first, but once it was aired, uh, you know, obviously they're doing it more and more. Um, you know, maybe the NBA thing will catch on because it's a good way to get kids that usually watch cartoons into sports a little earlier, maybe. Yeah. You know, and that's what we heard a lot. You know, we heard a lot of, from a lot of dads, you know, dads and moms too, but mostly dads who were kind of, they were watching the game anyway, and they they had a hard time getting their kids to to watch the game. And they're like, Hey, this was the first time I'd sat down with my kids and watched a basketball game. Yep. Um, So in that sense, you know, cause you know, kids are into Marvel, man. So you know, getting the superheroes out there and doing some fun effects uh, got kids into the game. Um, you know, and I'd love to do that with baseball. Baseball, I think, would be would be a lot of fun to do. I just don't know how they would do it with baseball because, you know, there are some stretches in baseball games where for non-fans, like, it gets slow. You know what I mean? For people who like baseball like us, I mean, I like, uh, you know, 1-0 games. But, you know, a typical casual fan wants a, you know, a 10-12 to 12 ball game. But see, that's that's kind of where I think where it might work a little little better is like we've got more time to do animation. We've mm-hmm. got more time to let things unfold. The action is a little bit more um, predictable in terms of, you know, like you got a you got a locked locked off shot for the most part from behind the pitcher. You know, we can track and do effects like that and then, you know, and then do something on the field. I don't know. We haven't obviously haven't discussed it in depth, but I, I think I think it'd be a lot of fun. But but basketball was was great. It was it's already a very fast moving game, and then to have these effects overlaid on top of it was was just a ton of fun. Yeah, because I would I would picture if you guys did something like that in baseball. I don't know if you remember the game NFL Blitz. Um, they did one for baseball back in the day in the arcades, and yeah. like when a guy would like like beast up to hit a home run, he like turn into like this demon character animation style. And he'd hit the ball and it'd explode and it'd go into the audience and do all kinds of damage and stuff. I mean, maybe you could do something like that. I mean, it'd be pretty cool. Or when they do a strikeout and the ball like would just like split into different, you know, so they couldn't hit the the ball. I mean, they just did cool animation on that video game. I thought it was pretty cool. And maybe yeah. that could be a route. But, yeah. But yeah. Um, so like <clears throat> with that, 
getting the younger fans into baseball, it seems like baseball's done a, you know up until this year now with the collective bargaining agreement. But I've noticed the last few years they've always said you know baseball has an older generation, uh, you know mostly of of real hardcore fans. Do you see it in your own kids and and in others? Because we've kind of seen it on our end. The younger people are starting to get into baseball again. Do you think that's true? Um, man, I hope so. You know, I think a lot of the, uh, you know, the, a lot of the stars in, in baseball right now are, are just a lot of fun. It's clearly like a, another generation. In fact, I was talking to my wife, you know, we were, you know, kind of earlier in the season looking at guys like, uh, you know, like Otani, like, uh, uh, you know, Tatis down in San Diego, that just had, you know, not, not Otani's not a lot of flash, but he's doing amazing things that are really unique but Tatis is you know he's got a lot of bang he's got a lot of you know a lot of a lot of a lot of flash to him I think guys like that are are really fun for the for the next generation in fact you know what we were talking about is I was like you know looking at my my baseball cards from the 80s like those guys all seemed old <laughs> like 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 these look like kids and I don't know if it's just me getting older but like I, I look at these guys out there playing now and I'm like they look like kids to me Yep, and then you think like in the eighties, they were smoking cigarettes in the dugout and yeah. like they, they had, they all just had, you know, bad mustaches old. and they looked old, like guys, look <laughs> old, you know, yeah. you Gaylord Perry rolling out there, you know, he's, I don't know. It's just something about the, the players back then. They looked older to me. I don't know. And like I said, maybe just cause I was a kid, but. You got like Goose Gossage look like he's like 110. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Dude, that, that's a man right there. Yeah. You know, not, like, not a boy. <laughs> but I mean, also like the players today are just built different. I mean, you know, Mike yeah. Trout can play tight end and, you know, and yeah. get away with it. Oh, he's a beast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like nowadays people might look younger because maybe they take better care of themselves. I don't mean that to any disrespect from any previous athletes, but you know, they say that every generation is supposed to get better. And I think we see that, especially with athletes, you know what I mean? Like they only look fitter. They only look healthier. They look younger because, you know, we know more about nutrition now than we did 30 years ago. I mean, yeah. remember when we all thought the food, food pyramid was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's true. Yeah. I think too, what's helping the game is the the whole let's let them play type thing where the unwritten, yeah, let's get play. Yeah, the unwritten rule is kind of being pushed aside, you know, yeah. where you know guys aren't, you know, after giving a home home run automatically beating the next guy, you know, they're able to bat flip and have good times. And yeah, I think that's yeah. good for the kids because that's the showboat aspect that draws so many kids to basketball and football. And I think that's yeah. what was missing in baseball for a while. Yeah, and it is something that I think older fans are going to have to just kind of roll with it. You know, every generation is going to going to make it a, make the game their own. You know, and it, you know, every every off season, I like to try and go back and watch the old Ken Burns documentary, okay. um, and well, and it and reminds me of really how each generation just kind of owned the game and had their own personalities and brought those personalities to the table uh, on the field as well. And, you know, the players today are going to do no different. They're going to make it their own. They're going to, they're going to, you know, it's, it's going to be different. And um, one thing I, I do miss, though, greatly miss, and, you know, this is my, my get off my, get off my lawn, <laughs> old man river moment, but uh, I'm not big on, on, on uh, instant replay. I, I miss, oh, yeah, get I, off miss I miss the manager's running out and getting in a in an umpire's face and kicking dirt and just throwing a tantrum and they go back in the dugout and they throw bats out like i miss 
I miss like the Earl Weaver and the Lou Pinella guys just really mixing it up with the umpires. Oh yeah. 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 You don't get that anymore. Now it's, you know, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Oh no, we're good. We're good. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Like, what's what's that? That? Like get out there. One thing I hate, but I think most baseball fans agree with me. It's certainly not a hot take. I miss guys running into the catcher. Like I miss those days where you yeah. were just able to take out the catcher. Yeah. And, and look, I get, these are multi-million dollar athletes. I get why there's, <clears throat> there's, there's a hand, there's folks that would not want that to be a thing, yeah. but it's, it wasn't, it's, it's like, it's like a, like a fight in hockey, you know, it's, like, is this the best thing for the players? Probably not to get to get to get beaten on the ice. Uh, but the fans love it. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I plays mean, like that. Protecting the players. I mean, look at Jonathan yeah. a couple of years ago. I mean, we all remember that. Yeah, that's right. And there's just something about it. If you've been in the crowd, when you see a guy rounding third, the uh, the guy in left field or whatever's already you know picking coming. up the ball, he's going, he's coming <laughs> home, and everyone just gets up like, "Oh crap, here we go!" You know, who's going to win the the train crash at the plate? Yeah. So yeah. that's gone. But, but I think the I think these new younger players are going to find different ways, different different ways to uh, bring their own brand of excitement, which is which is always cool too. Yeah. Or they'll just put their shoulder to the catcher's head and pretend it was an accident. <laughs> like with Jonathan Lucroy. What? <laughs> We've seen quite a few players lately since that Posey rule was in, installed that they jump the catcher now. You know, so sometimes yeah. the catcher will be down trying to catch the ball, you know, off the hop or whatever, and they're already flying over the top of them trying to do like a crazy t- uh, pirouette on the. Yeah, that's, on that's like Middle League World Series stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's exciting too. Yeah, it opens the door for that. So, you know, nobody's going to complain about seeing somebody, you know, somersault over the catcher. Yeah. I'm waiting for them to do like a backflip over the catcher or something, like some crazy cartwheel <laughs> or something. Whatever. Dude, that'd be awesome. Make that a bobblehead immediately when that happens. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, I, we should talk a little bit about uh, what's happened so far in the off season, And then, Brian, you're part of the show, so wherever you want to chime in on it, by all means. Um. So I, I'm not going to talk about like who elected free agency and stuff. I only want to cover the big ones. So we'll start from like November 23rd. So Junior Guerra um, was DFA. That was kind of like the first domino of the Angels offseason after certain guys elected free agency. Keen Wong was released. Zach Wise signed a minor league contract. Keen Wong cleared waivers and became a free agent. Uh, Goose uh, Gossam was not turned into contract. He became a free agent. On November 30th, we signed Michael Lorenzen on a one-year deal. December 1st, Rysel Iglesias was signed on a one-year deal. Brian Morin signed to a minor league contract on the first. Same day, Sam Selman was DFA'd. Dylan Thomas uh, signed to a minor league contract. And then Magnaria Sierra signed a couple days ago to another minor league contract. Now, obviously, uh, those were because the lockout's currently taking place. For those of you guys who might not know, you can't make any major league transactions, but you can sign as many people as you want to minor league deals because they're not part of the 40 man and because they're not unionized, which should obviously change. But um, as of right now, they're not part of the union. So they're free to sign. And if there is a lockout that extends into the regular season, I do believe the minor league is still going to take place. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, minor leagues are still still off and, off and running. So what's everyone's opinion on the small moves that have been made so far? Oh, and another thing I, I missed. Noah Syndergaard was signed. 
I, I don't know how <laughs> that little missed. that little chestnut. Yeah. yeah, that little chestnut. And then another guy who I missed that's uh, probably going to be contention here is going to be Tyler Wade. He was traded uh, from the Yankees to our Angels and is going to be in the running for shortstop. So you know what? Let's start there. What do you guys think right now as far as shortstop? I don't think the Angels are going to make any big splashes. Contrary to the joke I made about Carlos Correa, I don't realistically see the Angels making a huge splash of shortstop this year. I want to say that Perry's going to make the right choice. But do you guys think they're done? Okay. Go ahead. Your show, man. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think they're actually not done. I think we're going to see a second wave, um, especially if the collective bargaining agreement gets done here in this month or, or in February, right before pitchers and catchers. I think there's going to be a rush to make some moves. I think a shortstop. Talk about the CBA next, so don't dive too much into that. Oh, I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, that's got to open up the floodgates for. But I, I do think they are going to get one more starter. Uh, I'm still shooting for Cincinnati uh, for for them to get Castillo somehow. I know they've been they've had really good relations with the, the Reds, um, but I do think as far as a shortstop, I think they're going to get someone that's going to probably hit hit you about 15 homers. 60 RBIs, nothing too flashy, just a good glove right there. And then have your boy Wade in the background as a backup and, you know, other infield options. So they missed the boat on Eduardo Escobar. They really did. He would have been a good guy to get from the Brewers after he became a free agent. He would have hit you about 25 to 30 homers. He wouldn't have broken the bag. He could have played multiple positions. You know, the Angels need to not go after a big name shortstop, which successfully they've done so far, but. Mm -hmm. The offseason isn't over. The salary cap is only going to get higher. I mean, we all know that's probably going to happen. And that's what scares me. Uh, Brian? Yeah, no, no. I was going to say, it seems to me that, I mean, Perry's game plan seems to be get uh, a lot of pitching. Mm -hmm. Just get as much pitching as you can. I mean, we saw the draft, right? Yep. The the draft was literally all pitching. Um, and, and that's all we've been saying, you know, every year. I mean, I feel like it's, it's the same story every off season is the angels need pitching, mm-hmm. the angels need pitching. And, and, and then we, we get into the season and kind of scrap together, you know, a few guys and, you know, you know, we hope, you know, guys find catch lightning in a bottle again, cause they had a few good seasons a few years ago. It kind of feels like the early nineties all over again to me. Um, oh, as far yeah. as pitching is concerned, but, um, the game plan seems to be get as much pitching as you can and something's got to come out of that. Right. Like, like there's gotta be something and not every one of those guys is gonna, is gonna, you know, become a starter for the angels at the the big, the the major league level, but um, you know, stock up on young arms and let's see, let's see what sticks. Um, And I, I agree with you, Todd. I I think, I think, I got to hope at least one more starter comes out of it. I'm with yeah. you on Steele. I was kind of hoping for that one myself. Um, and, and, and I agree. I, I think a shortstop, you know, we all know it's got to happen. There are a lot of shortstops that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know there's even been, I've heard rumblings of Andleton Simmons again, you know, maybe coming back. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but um, you know, but I, I agree. I think spend your money on a big name starter and uh, get a serviceable, shortstop who's going to put together you know play solid defense mm-hmm. we don't need we don't need a you know a, a, a big bat we don't need you know more home runs out of the shortstop position I, I agree I mean, last year we, we had a big hole at shortstop with the defense right I mean Jose Iglesias was a great defender throughout his entire career until they came to Anaheim something happened 
you know, and all next thing you know, he's one of the league leaders in airs. You know, we got so oh, I had such high hopes. I had such yeah. high hopes for Jose Iglesias. I, I, I loved him in spring. He was kind of, you know, I yeah, you know, it, one, one of my was what everybody was saying. Yeah, one of my traditions know, is uh, you know, every year me and my me and my buddy Jeff, uh, we take our sons out to spring training in Tempe. We do a big, you know, kind of a boys uh roadie. Uh he's got he's got three sons and I got three sons, and we take them out there and it's a great week. Um, and Jose was my, he was my pick to click that year, you know, last year, I'm like, oh, okay. he's going to be our guy. He's going to be a stud. Uh, yeah. he was good, the other one was, was Shohei and good news is Shohei never slowed down. Yeah, like, exactly. He was hot in spring and he was hot all year long and it was awesome to watch. And Jose Iglesias, I really, and I did love Jose though. Every time Shohei came in after a home run, he was like the first guy <laughs> to greet him at the top yeah. of the steps, which, um, I did miss seeing that once he was gone, but yeah, that was a bummer. I, I thought he was going to be, he was going to be one of our studs. And, and bringing up Jose, like he was the first one in the last, I would say few years, even that we really haven't had that clubhouse guy since I felt Tory Hunter was here, you know, someone that was just yeah. a true leader that he'd be the first one to talk to the media and Glacius, not too much to the media, but just as far as, like you said, being the first one to greet guys when they came in, always high five and doing that Eric Ibar type deal. I mean, we haven't had a player like that that that's been very vocal on the bench, you know, just as much on the field. And and it was nice to see him here. And and yeah, I had high hopes for him too. It was it was kind of disappointing. Like Fernando was too. He was like, man, he was, I thought this guy was gonna ball out this year, but yeah, yeah. What do you guys, do you guys think about Simmons? What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, real quick before we get into that, I do, I, I do, I want to point out one guy who everyone always forgets who was a big clubhouse guy, and after he left. Like there was, you could tell there was a notable difference. Cameron Maven in 2017, yeah. as soon as they traded him, it, there was a notable shift. We went from being contenders to, like, yeah, oh, we right. sucked. Because yeah. Cameron Maven, like he did the hotline bling. All the guys were doing it. You could find gifts still of like Trout and Martin Maldonado doing it. Yeah. So like you could tell he was a clubhouse guy. I remember when I was uh, at a game, like, he was pretending to play catch in between plays with Mike Trout. Like yeah. you know, so he was a big clubhouse guy that I think everybody forgets about. Yeah, but uh, no, congratulations right. to Cameron Maven. I know he just retired. So I know he's probably not watching, but if you are, congrats, Cameron. <laughs> uh, but Anderton Simmons, um, I was a big Simba guy. I loved Simba. You know, uh, I think was it, I think it was also coincidentally 2017 where he was putting up all-star caliber numbers prior to the all-star game and got snubbed. One of the biggest all-star game snubs in Angels history. He was doing really, really good. And the reason why he didn't make it was because Mike Trout made it, but Mike Trout was hurt. Mike Trout was elected as a starter that year, did not play in the all-star game. So the Angels technically didn't have a representative that year. But um, so whenever I hear his name, I always think about how uh, hard he was snubbed. But uh, I'd be totally okay with getting him back on a one, maybe two-year deal. The, especially on a prove-it deal. I mean, he's going to give you good defense. He's got a bat about 250 to 270, but he's not going to cost us a lot of money. He's not going to be a negative clubhouse guy. The guys obviously like him. Um, I'd be fine with it. And I think I think a lot of fans were kind of sour on him when he walked away, but, I mean, he's got his own personal reasons. He did what he, what he felt he had to do. Um, you know, and 2020 was such a weird, you know, weird year anyway. Yeah, I, th- I think it caught us off guard because I think the team we had brought this up on a show that the team did a really bad job of 
not saying, hey, he left for personal reasons. They just said he quit. And so a lot of the yeah. fans, like you said, we were we were upset too because at the time, like we were, I think we were only two games out of the last wild card, and they had a big series with uh, San Diego. It was odd. It was bizarre. It was a yeah. bizarre yeah. time to because it walk. came down to those last couple games. Yeah. But you know, how come when Ty Buttry retired, everybody was supportive? And I mean, you know, we love Ty here. Um, everybody was super supportive. Everybody understood. People were like, "Man, I get it." You know, we all lose the drive in our jobs. It's normal. It happens. But with Simmons, like, um, it it was handled so differently by the organization. You know, once we kind of found out what was happening, what, like three or four months later, like it was almost, I think it was actually spring training. Yeah, Then we all understood and it made all of us feel like jerks. But um, it was just handled so poorly by the organization. It really was. Yeah, I mean, you're not, I I don't know. I think he's an interesting option. I mean, I think there is still, uh, uh, obviously, a, fans that that like him you know he he i think he did resonate he has a funky batting stance that's terrible to look at but <laughs> when um, he goes to one knee yeah 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 it's, <laughs> it's miserable to watch but he's he managed to put together a little bit of offense at the end there and uh i think he will be a serviceable defender uh he's not going to be expensive um i don't know i i it's not the worst option in the world it does close up the middle of that infield if you put Fletch at second, and then you get a healthy Rendon, which we think he's going to bounce back this year. Man, depending on, depending on what happens with Upton, um, you, you might have Adele and Marsh out there doing their thing. They they played really good down the stretch. So I think maybe if you put a Simmons in there towards the bottom of the lineup, he's not going to be where he was a couple of years ago where the Angels were. He had to hit fifth, maybe sixth, because there wasn't enough bats in that lineup. Um, you know, maybe he'll the pressure will be off, and maybe he could hit two sixty, two seventy again instead of having all the pressure swirly on him. Yeah, I it's think, it's not the sexy sign. Yeah, but but it's a serviceable sign. I think. Agreed. I'm so tired of the sexy sign, though. We're we're so tired of it, man. Like Artie Moreno's a Tavon of, of voters. You know? <laughs> there it is. You're gonna sell that. You're gonna sell that that the collection. <laughs> I am. I am. What I'm saying though is, you know. I said it uh, right when the offseason first started. I said, for once, I'm, I want the Angels to make the right signing. I don't want the big signing. I want the right signing. I mean, look, 2016 for Andleton Simmons, batted 281 in 17, 278, then 292, then 264, then 297. And then when he went over to Minnesota, he batted 223. Yikes. That's a bad number. I get it. But every other year, is serviceable. Are you kidding me? We would have killed for 260 last year. We would have killed for 278 and good defense last year. That's what we were missing. We were missing our, you know, good defense in the infield. I mean, can you guys imagine an infield with a healthy Rendon? Because, you know, his bat hasn't come to Anaheim yet, but his glove has always been here. Yeah. Simeon on shortstop and then Fletcher at second base. I mean, that's three potential gold glovers. By the way, Walsh was also a potential gold glover. That's a good infield. Plus Stassi also has a great glove and a good arm. That's, that's speaking of Stassi. That's the only other position I I think besides pitcher, one more starter. And because I like, I like our bullpen between the young that, and then the veterans that we have in there, the bullpen I think is going to be solid this year, but one more starter, the shortstop position. And I really think this year is important to get a serviceable backup catcher. Because we all know Stassi's not going to play more than probably 90 games. So we're going to need someone to fill in the other 70, 72. And uh, someone not named – yeah, someone not named Kurt Suzuki. You know, we, we need someone that, that can hit his weight. 
you know, and, and, and take some walks. I think that's where we, um, this team has lacked the last couple of years. Last yeah. year we were second to last in overall walks. And that's pretty bad. I think if you can get guys on base with the hitters in this lineup, I mean, good things can happen. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. There's obviously still moves to be made, and that'll be determined after the lockout. So before we close out, let's talk a little bit about the lockout and where we are up to this point. So the lockout started, uh, what, December 1st, I believe? Mm -hmm. Technically, like I think like December 2nd. Um, They've only had one official meeting since that date, and they have one coming up on Monday the 24th. Mm -hmm. is supposed to be the next meeting where the MLB Players Association is supposed to have a counter offer. Um, that's what's expected to happen. I mean, what do you guys think's the issue here? Is it just millionaires versus billionaires? Is that, you know, the cliche answer right now, or is there something else? Uh, I, I mean, that's the root of it. I mean, the, the you know, and then I, I think, uh, I think the players felt like they got kind of hosed in the last deal. Um, and so they're, they're looking to, kind of write some of what they felt to be wrongs at that time. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. My opinion, I think it's, it's too top heavy with the free agents. Like only the real big free agents get the real big contracts. And then you have guys that trickle down with one to $7 million contracts, which again, for the average Joe, it's like, Oh, I'd love to have that. But for baseball, that's like the poorest of the poor. And then, and then I, you, you couple that with franchises who just are clearly not trying to win Pittsburgh and a few others it's like they want to have a floor to where you got to pay so much and they're trying to get it because baseball over the last 20 years has been more competitive, but yeah. there's still that bottom rung of teams. that If they don't try, they're making hand over fist money with TV contracts and sales and all this merchandise and, and, and uh, other things that they could rack in money, but they're not putting it and investing it into other players that can help them. I think that's where the players association is mad because you know there's they want that extra position as well they want to get rid of the dh have a universal dh that would bring more jobs so yeah. i think that's what it comes down to and i think the owners are far off that's why i think well the the, the players want a floor and the owners want a ceiling so exactly everybody's just pushing pushing here yeah, yeah exactly i mean hockey has a floor and they're very successful with that you know i mean my I, i'm a coyotes fan so my hockey team is very much that team that's on the bottom they're not they never really try to do too much they had like three years just recently where they contended in their window and now it's like rebuild again but that's the case with a lot of uh baseball teams you know what i mean you have a lot of teams that for the longest time like look at the brewers they were not competitive for quite a while all of a sudden they're good again you know, the Marlins just are starting to contend now. You know, they made a lot of moves. The Rangers just decided to wake up. So maybe this is – they wanted to gear up in case there was a floor. They can be like, hey, everybody spent our money. Who knows? Maybe they just got tired of losing. We'll never know. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely think there will be some kind of floor implemented to encourage those teams like the Pirates who just kind of coast through to finally spend some money. Uh, but, you Reels. know – Seems like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Orioles do spend money. I just think they're in the middle of a harsh rebuild, especially because they had the bad contract of Chris Davis. That's true. It was a terrible contract. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I, nobody wants to lose. You know, no, I mean, these are competitive guys. Everybody wants to win. You know, owners know that a winner brings in money. You know, nobody nobody wants to pay to watch a loser. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, I think just some 
clubs are forced to try and be more creative with the the revenue stream that they have than others. And you and one other thing that's hurt, I think, baseball in general, two perennial playoff teams in the American League have the worst stadium issues in all of baseball and in most sports, and that's Oakland and Tampa. Uh, they've they've known about this for quite some time. The league never stepped in to to, to work with the city and the owners. Uh, they've just set let them argue between each other. And every time we've seen YouTube videos from Tampa, people have gone to Tampa. I think Fernando's been to Tampa. He says a terrible venue. I've been to Oakland. It's a terrible venue. Been uh, there too. Those are two good ball clubs that are built from within that should be able to keep their players, but they can't draw flies. And um, you're either going to move them or you're going to build a new stadium. And I think those that's a huge uh, black eye for the MLB. They have not fixed that, that situation yet. Yeah. Both of those teams are the next ones that are feasibly going to relocate. Right. I yep. mean, actually, I think it was the day of recording today that uh, MLB officially shut down the race proposal to play half their games in Montreal and half their games in Tampa. Oh, really? I hadn't seen that. Yeah. I, I think that was just down? That's too yeah. bad because I mean, they, I don't know if you saw the Montreal Expos, they had like a uh, anniversary game up there. They had a lot of their old stars come up there. Moises Alou, uh, Vladimir Guerrero, a lot of guys played like a, you know, like an Expos versus Expos type game. And they had a sellout in that old funky stadium up there. Uh, Olympia, uh, I forget what they call it. Olympic Stadium? Yeah, I think the thirst is there to bring baseball back. Uh, they have a new arena. That's just one game, though, Todd. That's just one game. It's really easy to attract for one game. It's another thing to attract for, you know, 80. Yeah, but I think now, I mean, look look what hap- what's happened in Canada. I mean, like when they brought back the Winnipeg Jets, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're getting sellouts every game. I, I, I think hockey's you know, going to work up there no matter what. But when Toronto yeah. wins, they get sellouts, you know, they, they, their fans are rabbit. So I think it would work in this, this uh, you know, this generation's economy. It's just, are they going to willing to take the chance? And that would have been a nice chance to go half and half. Like we used to see the uh, Montreal went to Puerto Rico back in the day, half their games or um, so. And Oakland would be, I think, I think Oakland's going to lose another franchise to Vegas. That's just my opinion. Yeah, most likely. I mean, Oakland just a is a rough city to to deal with. You know what I mean? Uh, they're not as economically sustainable as you know their uh, their neighbor across the street or yep. across. Yeah, I, I guess across the bridge there. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess the the very last order of business that I wanted to talk about: Patrick O'Neill is joining the uh, Angels on behalf of Bally Sports West. Brian, what's your opinion on Patrick O'Neill? I like Patrick. He's fine. I mean, uh, you know, I, it's not the greatest thing ever, you know, but, I, <laughs> but I think, you know, he's okay. You know, I, 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 I feel like, you know, um, I don't want to bag on anybody, but I, you know, I, I can't say that I'm overly enthused with any of our commentators. Like I, I think they're all fine. Like they're uh, I do miss the, the, the Rex and fizz days. Mm, um, yes. yes. Um, you know, I know people, you know, kind of kind of crapped on Rex on, on occasion, but I always found him, you know, entertaining, you know, was he a little over the top? Sure. You know, but but he was entertaining. And then, you know, he you know, he was the wild man and Fiziak was was the straight man, you know, and they, they played well off each other. Um, uh, so, I, you know, I kind of I kind of miss that. Everybody else is every, I, I like Gooba's a lot. I think I think Gooby's great. Um, I think he's got great stories and great intel. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know he brings he brings some some um, some interesting stuff to the table. 
but uh you know patrick's fine you know i like i said they're all they're all kind of okay like to me if you could bring a celebrity in the booth to call an angel game or a marvel person or even a comic book character you know who would it be to call a game Uh, huh i'd say you're gonna say yourself (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i count myself as any of those things but uh i appreciate the thought uh let's see if i was gonna bring uh uh, a marvel celebrity from it someone from the mcu uh i i think i'd bring a, a chris pratt star lord oh, to the that, booth would oh, that'd be, be pretty uh, cool would be a lot of fun i think we'd get a lot of uh 70s 80s music references um i think we'd have some good stories there um, a lot of good bumper music going to commercial there you go so <laughs> i'm gonna go with star lord in the booth How's that's that? awesome that's a great pick and by, <laughs> and by the way uh speaking of that you mentioned off air that you were helping design the ride. Yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I worked on, uh, a lot of the Marvel attractions, including, um, the Iron Man experience, which was the first one we ever did okay. in Hong Kong. But then I, I worked on the guardians of the galaxy mission breakout, uh, attraction for Disney California adventure worked on Avengers campus a little bit. Um, so certainly, you know, I've been involved in those, but I was heavily involved in mission breakout. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. Didn't they do it again at Angel Stadium for Mission Breakout? What's that? Didn't they do an event at Angel Stadium for yep. Mission Breakout? Yeah, I was there. I was there, worked on that, um, worked with the Angels on that. And uh, yeah, I was yeah, that, that game. That was fun. It was really cool. We had, I think we had that, we had the costume characters in the in the crowd. I think we had Star Lord and Gamora in the crowd. I- I did meet them both. Yeah. If I dig somewhere in my phone, I'm sure I will find the photos. There you go. Do we have Groot? Do we have Groot there? I don't think so. No Groot yet? Okay. Not from what I remember. I mean, maybe that was later on. I was there pretty early on into the event. Like as soon as, you know, the, the gates opened. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, come check it out. I know they had like the cool like photo backdrops and all that. We need to do like authentic Groot baseball bats. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Yes. When they might have a lot of splinters, though, that's the only thing <laughs> you couldn't show yeah, up on the bat too much. Yeah, hopefully they can do some more uh, Marvel stuff this year, especially with the Angels. It'd be pretty cool. I would love that. That would be because when they do, when they were do, uh, I don't think they did Star Wars night last year, but um, yeah, because of COVID. Yeah, but when they did Star Wars, that was always a huge attraction. And, and if they can do okay. Marvel, I mean, obviously, that's going to bring in everybody. Yeah, hey, I mean, we've had a ton of fun, you know, crafting these Marvel superhero days, um, you know, around the around the country. So I, I would I would love that. That'd be a lot of fun to do. Oh, one last question for me. Uh, I know Fernando might have one more, but um, your thoughts on the Spider-Man movie, dude? Like, oh, I loved it. For me, I mean, for me, it was like a kick-ass movie dude like like straight i mean i i I didn't have nothing wrong with that movie at all you so many easter eggs so much you know fan service but in it but in a really cool tasteful way Mm -hmm. that felt sincere and you know i mean i i thought it was uh i thought it was pretty genius and that's not you know that's not me you know being the company man i thought it was genuinely just brilliant you know i was there in the in the theater with my family you know cheering like everybody else yeah exactly um, and bring bring him you know spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie but get out there and see it if you haven't seen it yet mm-hmm. um you know bringing back toby mcguire and andrew oh, garfield yeah. um and giving 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 andrew garfield's peter parker kind of his redemption moment oh that was so cool um, man like, that was so awesome. cool just awesome yeah. yeah no it's 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 brilliant it it was 
it reminded me of everything I love about being in the theater, you know, and I, I haven't, I hadn't felt that since Endgame. Mm-hmm. Just that, oh. like, this is an event. Yep. And we're gonna, you know, I mean, my family, we're like looking at each other. We're like high-fiving, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like that, that, that kind of movie going experience. I, I really, really missed uh, throughout the pandemic and it's good to have it back. Yeah. I mean, those, that's a great take because I remember telling my friend, it's like, like they were doing the same thing. People were high-fiving each other. It felt like we were watching it at somebody's house. They just had a real big TV. I mean, I mean, just everyone just felt like they all knew each other. And they're like, oh, my God, did you see that? I know, right? You know, so it was really cool. Hey, I mean, money talks, right? I mean, Endgame and Spider-Man are both some of the highest grossing films of all time. So, I mean, money talks. People obviously like the product that you guys are producing over at Marvel. So, I mean, obviously, you know, keep up the good work. I mean, not that you guys need it. You guys are you know, <laughs> killing it over there. Uh, yeah, because hey man, we're having fun, and you know it's uh, we we I like to say that we stand on the shoulders of giants on the on the stuff that we do. People like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and so many others. You know, I feel like we you know they they laid the groundwork for all this, and you know I, I feel very blessed to get to play in that in that sandbox. It's it's a lot of fun. Nice, nice. Uh, anything you'd like to plug, Brian, uh, you know, what you got going on, anything like that, anything you want to share with the fans? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, if you want to see some of the, some of my art, some of the stuff that I'm doing, you can go to uh, at wizard of wizard of Cross 23. Uh, that's my Instagram. I post some of the fun stuff that, that I'm working on. Uh, definitely check out Marvel draw on Marvel HQ. If you want to learn how to draw some of the, the characters in the Marvel universe and, uh, yeah, for the sports fans out there, go out to the Marvel Superhero Days and support those. We're having a lot of fun putting them together. So, hope people enjoy them. Wizard of Cross on what again? I'm sorry. So Wizard of Cross 23 on Instagram. On Instagram, okay. Yeah, I'm going to put that on our, uh, the uh, description there. Oh, it was, it was fun catching up, uh, talking baseball and, and you know, uh, talking Marvel because, um, I mean, Marvel is uh, is huge. I mean, that's that's – it's great to see fans that are now participating in its creation, you know, I, and I'm look, I'm a tried and true Wednesday warrior buying my comics every Wednesday, (laughs) uh, fanboy. And so I I definitely am am living the dream, man. It's I'm having a lot of fun doing what I'm doing. And, uh, and what's great, you know, doing some of the stuff with the, with the sports teams, um, is these athletes are now fans. If you think about it, the first Iron Man came out in 2008. So that's what, you know, thir- you know, uh, 14 years ago. Yeah. So that our professional athletes now, you know, these major league baseball players, they're kids. They were, they were 10 years old when that movie came out. Correct. You know? And, and so they almost don't know a world without the Marvel cinematic universe, without these characters, you know, those of us who are a little older, I mean, you mentioned going to the game in 1986, so we're close to the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we remember a world before that, before when like maybe you got like a superhero movie, like every three years or so. Something like that. Yeah. But these guys, I mean, it's, you know, we're, I mean, what a time to be a fan of this stuff. You you got 15 to 20 comics every week. You got video games like guardians of the galaxy coming out and Spider-Man and the Avengers. And you got, uh, we got moon Knight coming up and Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. You got three movies a year and all the stuff on like, this is just an awesome time to be a fan of the Marvel universe. So, uh, and the players are fans. Like they yeah. grew up watching these movies. And so uh, 
you know, getting to getting to meet some of them, like, you know, like a Blake Martinez or a Wade Miley, who are fans of the Marvel Universe, uh, is really fun to, to get to interact with them and bring Marvel into into their lives. So we're having fun. Absolutely. Because I mean, the animation that me and you grew up, I'm 41. So it's like the animation we grew up with uh, reading the comics is not, you know, is now coming to life. Now, the great drawings from the, you know, 80s, 90s and 2000s, early 2000s is coming to life. And it's more believable other than the movies like you mentioned, like when when you were little and I was little, the flash and stuff like that. It was terrible production, but you know, it's not but on we, that level. But we loved it. But we oh, loved yeah, it. yeah. It's yeah, called yeah. classics now, but you know Yeah. You know, the Bill Bixby, Incredible Hulk TV show. Like yeah. loved it. like it was it was it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. I was I was so into it. So yeah. yeah. Almost like a like a Peter Jackson when he watched the original King Kong, right? You know what I mean? You look at it now and you're like, that was rough. Well, you know, back then when we were kids growing up, or you know, you watch those old school films, you're like, Well, this is awesome. And nowadays you watch it, you're like, eh. You just yeah. gotta keep telling yourself that paved the way. That paved the way. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Exactly. exactly. They died so that we can run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, on behalf of all of us here at Halos in the Infield and Brian Crosby, thank you guys so much for joining us. And Viva Los Angelitos. Thanks for having me, guys. Viva Los Angelitos. How's it going, guys? This is Fernando with Halos in the Infield. Are you sad that this podcast is almost over? Well, don't worry. Halos in the Infield is taking over the social media universe. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, Reddit. If it exists... Chances are we're probably on it. Make sure to tune into our pregame shows with James and our postgame shows with Todd Fox. Make sure to listen to our podcasts all season long and all off season long. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Halos in the Infield and the Hitty Baseball Network also on YouTube. So many exciting things to come. We are so glad you guys are along for the ride. And hell, while you're at it, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you guys so much. Viva los angelitos y prendalo!